Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Leon, and thank you for tuning into More To It, a podcast about perspective. I was watching this clip on YouTube from a podcast called The Roommates, and the topic for the clip was, should men get married today? But that's a whole other conversation for another day. The guest for the episode mentioned something about the Jewish proverb that states three things every man should do. Write a book, plant a tree, have a son, because they all outlive you. But in my opinion, I think that should apply to everyone because regardless to who you are or what gender you identify as, our sole purpose should be to create, cement, and leave behind a legacy. Now on to my guest for today. She's someone that I've known for a while, but we haven't had much of any conversations about life up until recently. And immediately I thought, there's no way at all I could have a podcast and not have her on an episode. So, everyone, I want to introduce you all to Tita. Hi, I'm Tita. Thank you, Leon, for inviting me here today. No problem. I appreciate it. It's been in the works for a while, for sure. Because I remember we were talking back in um, July, I think it was. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was back in July, and I was like, yo, how come we, <laughs> we've known the same family for a while, but like, I guess it's just one of those things, like, you're in the same room with somebody, but you don't really talk too much to them, but once you finally get to know them, it's like, yo, like, yeah, you're cool. I like you. I like you. Like, you, you're cool. Yeah, thank you. You're cool as well. Thank you. Thank you. So, first thing I want to get into is, we grew up, well, you grew up more so than, than I have. I guess I would say I've been in the neighborhood quite often, but we've been in the same neighborhood, pretty much, where a lot of the uh, African women and men are kind of raised a certain way, I guess you could say. We were talking about it beforehand, and you were saying something about, like, there's a sort of um, honor that the women are supposed to uphold, and after a certain period in life they kind of get married off like against their will sort of thing or that's just what's set for them and uh with the men it's just more like okay you get to do what you want to do like that kind of thing so with all these expectations and things like that that society has on women but in regards to like african women how has that affected you like growing up till to now well my background is from africa my family's from gambia which is in west africa so most of the expectation for women is that you're supposed to take care of your man you're supposed to cook, clean, you know, make sure the sex is good, make sure his house, um, everything's right, take care of the kids, take care of his last name, keep him with you, make sure he doesn't leave you, basically. Do anything to keep your man and make him happy, pretty much. That's the expectations. And he's supposed to provide for you. He's supposed to pay all the bills. Um, take care of the household. That's your job. And pretty much if anything goes wrong, it's going to be your fault. Mm-hmm. If he cheats on you, it's on you because you didn't do this, you didn't do that. You got to make sure he's happy. And also, you got to bite your tongue a lot. You can't Mm -hmm. really talk above him. You have to be under him. You're not above him. You're not even on the same level as him. Mm -hmm. You're under him. So that's pretty much expectations of a Gumbian woman and pretty much in most African women. And then also growing up in America, it's the same, pretty much. It's still very old school type of way of thinking Mm -hmm. of society. Even now to this day, even though women are working now, women are providing for their own selves now but once you get married the whole dynamic changed it's a different narrative mm-hmm. once you get married and now you're somebody you're under somebody else so you got to make sure you keep that somebody else so he doesn't go to anybody else for me i'm first generation i was born and raised in this country mm-hmm. and most of the people who are my acquaintances or like people in my community they're first generation like you know their children the people who were born in africa and then they came here and they put there's still a lot of their values since that's all they know mm-hmm to the um, next generation, even though we're American in the sense of, like, our passport holders. But in the household, we're African. So, like, my family was never too keen on that. Mm -hmm. Like, 
oh, marry me off, whatever. But they say, okay, tick, time is ticking. You need to find a husband. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I hear that all the time. So, like, there's people who I know that got married really young. I'm like, most of them were setups. It's mostly arranged that they got married really young. And then their whole life was trained to be a wife. They never was instilled any type of, like, sense of independence. You go from your father and you go to your husband. That's basically the tradition of it. You never live on your own. You never live by yourself. You never learn how to be by yourself. You go from living with your family, your siblings, and your parents to now living with your husband. And now he's the one who's supposed to take care of you, kind of like how your father took care of you. Yeah. So it's kind of like you're going from one parent to another parent. That's crazy. Yeah. Doesn't it feel as if like, well, I mean, I guess it does feel like it's kind of forced, but like, doesn't it feel as if like there's no sense of, of individuality? Like there's no room for that at all? 100%. Yeah. 100%. Because I couldn't, I couldn't imagine, and not just within like, the you know, African families and stuff like that, but it's all over the place. But I couldn't imagine... I mean, because I maybe because I'm the type of person like I like to march to my own, you know, my own drum, to beat my own drum. But I couldn't imagine growing up knowing that, you know, the guy that's raising me is raising me to be a wife to another guy that I barely even know. That kind of thing, you know. And that that must that must be like really rough to deal with, you know. It must be really really hard, um, especially with being you know teenagers and and real. You don't really know what's going on with yourself. You don't really know who you are, and you want to figure those things out. And you you're surrounded by so many things, mm-hmm. and um, you just want to figure it out before that happens. Just imagine like all the memories you create with, let's say you're somebody who has a lot of friends, or you're somebody that's really popular, and that's not really something that you touch on too much with your friends and your your peers and stuff like that but in the back of your mind you know like time is running out for me and once this is all said and done like all these memories i have now don't won't really matter too much because i gotta go be somebody's wife and i don't really know how to be that you know right it's like after you know at that age when they're that young you don't really know much about life you think Mm -hmm. life as you know right now is life when it really isn't so when they get older and after they had maybe two three kids now they get to thinking like they seen their peers especially like Growing up in New York City, it's a melting pot. It's full of people from all type of walks of life, all type of cultures. Mm-hmm. So people who you went to high school with or like even college with, they all live in life. They got to enjoy life. They travel. They have fun. They did all these things that what young people are supposed to do at 21, 22, 23 that you never got to experience. Now you feel like you missed out. Now you feel like, damn, I wish I had that time to really just enjoy and have fun versus being somebody's wife and now somebody's mother and like now you kind of resenting your husband a little bit or you're resenting your kids because now you're like that should have been me you know grass is always greener on the other side like yeah i should have been able to be young and make mistakes be young and and find my own sense of being my own sense of being on my own versus being going from under my father to another man how about i'll be under myself yeah and like beauty standards just in society in general like beauty standards is one thing that's very important in like how women and men are different people just like oh yeah he's just getting older he's got a little fat but a woman they're like "Mm, you just lost yourself oh you need to hit the gym you need to lose some weight they make you feel like you're less than oh your man's not gonna want you no more because now you gain some weight you need to go lose some weight even in that could be the same thing but like i feel like there's a big difference about physical appearance when it comes to women and men also even if you could be as rich as successful on outside life you don't have a man behind you or a man to lead you who's next to you you're not nothing you can have all those things but you don't have a husband you should have not focused on your career so much you should have just had a husband yes it's looked down upon it's looked very down upon yeah in african community they don't care about career for women the man Mm. is supposed to provide that's his job if he works 13 hours 16 hours, as long as he's paying the bills, it don't matter. So basically, when do you have time to 
um, see your husband? When you have time to spend quality time, mm-hmm. how are your kids even going to get to know their yeah. father if they're outside working? But it's yeah. by any means necessary. You're going to have to provide for this woman. A lot of women don't work typically. So everything solely dependent on one income. Mm-hmm. So the clothes on your back, the shoes on your feet, the food that's in your stomach is all coming from this one man. Yeah. And that also comes with power. That comes with control. Since he's on providing, you don't have nothing without me. I get to do whatever I want. Mm-hmm. And you're going to stay there. You're just going to take it. Yeah. So it's just like, there is like gender roles. Gender roles is definitely prominent in the African community. But I think it's in all communities because... Mm-hmm. We grew up in an area that was predominantly African. It's mostly Africans, um, Caribbeans, and, like, people from, you know, Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico, Mexico. That's who we mostly been around in, front yeah. of, in the Bronx. Yeah. The so, minorities, pretty yeah, much. Mostly, yeah, mostly the Bronx is full of minorities. Yeah, full of them. You do not see many people whose parents did not come from somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So you see those those generals, and you see them, they're prominent. And then first, when you're a kid, you don't really think much about it. Then when you get to adult and realize... That's really kind of like a messed up situation. You yeah. get to, and also you have your own mind because when you were a little kid, you get influenced, mm-hmm. and that fogs your mind. But then you start getting older, and you start thinking like, that's not how it should go. Yeah, yeah. And then you might go to somebody who's your um, parent or an aunt or a cousin, and you talk to them about it, and they tell you, "Oh no, you're wrong." Mm-hmm. Oh no! What you what you're thinking is the devil, or like, or something yeah. <laughs> crazy like that. What you thinking? Yeah. Oh, you should just like stop thinking like that. Yeah. They try to make you not individual. They just trying to make you all like unison. or like um, fit into a certain mold and not carve your own path. I guess you could say. No. Yeah. There's one thing I would say though. There's a pressure for men as well that doesn't get spoken about. There's a pressure to look a certain way. You know, have a chiseled this or have that or have abs. You got to have, you know, you got to have the build like this person or you, you got to get your money up. You just got to be this way, like in order to be accepted by a woman. And in some cases, that doesn't really apply because it's like, you know, there's somebody for everybody. I guess love conquers all in that regard. But there's definitely societal expectation of um what men should look like and how men should be as well. There's also the emotional part of it from when we're younger, like we're taught to suppress a lot more than than we reveal kind of thing and i'm pretty sure it's, i'm not saying that that's it's not like that for women the point i'm trying to make is yeah there's 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 definitely stuff that doesn't get spoken on um that men go through i agree that men do have pressures to look a certain way you know mm-hmm. built toned tone and, and, and everything stuff. yeah yeah also on top of that you're also supposed to be a provider so mm-hmm. if you don't make enough money or you don't have enough to take care of another woman or take care of your family, you consider a failure yeah. in life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that expectation is, is also hard. And also, you're not supposed to show your emotions. You're supposed to be strong. They tell you, man up. Don't cry. Mm-hmm. If you're a little poke, boy. Poke out your chest. Yeah, poke out your chest. Like, stop crying. Crying for girls. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, man but everybody up. cries, though. And, you then you, and then that stays in your mind your whole life that you're not supposed to show emotion. Mm-hmm. So you get emotionally checked out as a man. Even when you feel like you need to express yourself, you hold it in. And um, I dated guys where I'm like, it's like pulling teeth to get them to open up about certain things or talk to me about traumas that happened in their childhood. Or even interested in hearing my traumas, they really don't want to talk about that stuff because I feel like that's very feminine. They're trying to be masculine. Mm. Even though a strong man can settle his emotions and still be a man. A man is even stronger if he's able to express himself his emotions doesn't make you less of a man. That makes you more of a man, in my opinion. How did it feel for you, your your pressures, when you were younger, 
growing up as a man, a half black, half Puerto Rican man in the Bronx, um, then now being an adult. Mm, okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, definitely, there was definitely a lot of that because I grew up in a, in a black household because that's my mom's side of my family. Like, I grew up around her family for the most part. Um, and then they're all Southerners. So, you know, you know, Southern people have, they have a, a set mentality, like, they're stuck in certain ways, basically. My grandmother was like the head of the household. My grandfather was there too, but my grandmother was the one that was pretty much raising us. She was the one teaching us how to be men, mm-hmm. pretty much. But yeah, there were definitely certain things like we couldn't we couldn't watch certain things. She didn't want us to be involved with like too much dancey dancey stuff or like she wanted us to you know be tough. She always wanted us to be tough kind of tough boys and things like that. So I was a kid that was always sent to the store. My cousins were always outside playing basketball and stuff like that, and my eldest cousin like he was you know he was like 18 at the time he was on his way out the door to move on his own to start his own life i guess you could say because like i said my grandmother sent me to the store a lot i appreciate it now as an adult because thank god i know how to pick out certain things at the supermarket and a lot of people don't a lot of adults really don't know how to do that and we touched on that like before we started recording but i'm like it's so crazy how some people really just don't know how like you can't pick out like a pack of meat like what's wrong with you (laughs) you know like it's so weird like people don't know how to pick out vegetables or anything like that people just really don't or some people don't even know how to do their own laundry and that was that was the thing that she taught me as well but yeah she was sent me to the store a lot and there was one time specific that i remember and somebody was trying to rob me that was the thing that happened to me a lot when i was younger too and I hated it because I'm like, this is this has happened to me too often because you don't want sending me to the store. Send the other ones to the store. I bet you it wouldn't happen to them. Well, like, let them see what it feels like to be, you know, approached. And I'm just over out here trying to run the errand. I'm just a 11, 12 year old kid. And I'm getting approached because somebody wants my Game Boy or something like that, you know, or, or whatever money they think I have. So, yeah, this one time this dude approached me, robbed me pretty much and cut me at the end. Like he sliced me. Really? Like, yeah, like right under, like right under my jawline i guess you could say so yeah so he has sliced me whatever and then i went back home and as soon as she opens the door i just burst into tears even more because i was already crying but at the same time i was trying to like hold it in because i didn't want nobody else in the neighborhood to see me like crying because we lived in the projects you know a lot of people in the projects that know everybody pretty much for the most part when she opened the door because she's like what are you doing back here like you didn't even go to the store yet it was wasn't even five minutes ago and then sure enough like i just crying i just started crying and she's like, what's going on? What happened? And I was like, somebody cut me and I'm over here bleeding. I don't know how she didn't see it, but I'm over here bleeding. And then like one of my cousins was like freaking out about it. And then I went to the bathroom to put a Band-Aid on it because that's just a natural thing to do as a natural human instinct. Like I want to stop the bleeding or I want to put a Band-Aid. I don't think it was that deep to where I needed stitches or anything like that. Thank God. But um, yeah, I just went in the bathroom and I cleaned it up a little bit and I put, I tried to put a Band-Aid on it. And she tells me, she's like, take that off. I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, take that shit off. Like, take it off, and you're going to go outside, and we're going to find out who this person was, and like, you're going to carry yourself like a man. And I'm like, that doesn't help me. How does that help me? Like, you, you want me to walk through all these people and find a person who's probably miles away now at this point, try to rob me because of something, like, you wanted from the store. You wanted, not to say that, you, you know, like, if you didn't send me to the store, this wouldn't happen in the first place, but again it ties into that thing of it was just like she wanted me to be tough and not to be i guess in her where she didn't want me to be a sissy about it like she didn't want me to cover it up kind of thing and it's just like nah like i kind of got to go through this because you're gonna send me to the store eventually again and you know i'm always gonna have to worry about this this is always gonna be on my on my conscience like am, am i gonna 
could it be worse next time? Like, am I going to get killed or something like that? I don't know. Like, you know, just, just things like that. And what are you going to say then if that happens? But you over here telling me to toughen up, you know, hold your head high, that right. kind of thing. You know, like growing up in that kind of neighborhood and in that household, that was definitely one of the things that was like pushed like to be tough. I would say I sometimes had the freedom to talk to her about certain things. But at the same time, I would have to kind of tiptoe because it's like I don't really want to say anything. And then she comes at me like, um, what you doing? Like, don't sound like that. You sound like a sissy. Like, you come on, like be a man, be a man, that kind of thing. Um, And another thing, too, that I remember vividly that was kind of like, you know, her telling me like to toughen up was like, I didn't grow up with my parents at all. They've been people that I've known in my life, I guess you could say. But I can't say that I've had the pleasure after the age of three, of course, but I can't say I've had the pleasure of waking up to um, having both my parents under the same roof. So walking home from elementary school, a lot of the time, I would see, you know, parents picking up their kids and then walking together as a family and things like that. And, you know, it's just kind of like, it just makes you feel away. It's kind of like, well, I, I want to know what that feels like to have my dad buy me ice cream or something like that. And, and my mom is holding my hand, like at the same time, or, you know, just little things like that. And I remember I came home and I told her about it. She's because I, I had a look on my face and she's like, what's wrong? And I was like, you know, I, I just, um, I don't know. I was like, I just, I just kind of wish I had, you know, I, I, I saw a family and I wish I had my parents. Like, I feel I feel sad about it. And right away, she just was kind of like, what are you talking about? What are you getting upset for? Like, what? that's nothing to be sad about. Like, don't do not do that. And I'm not trying to paint my grandmother in, in a horrible light because I have a birthday tattooed on me. That's like the woman that, that's like the first person I would say that taught me much about anything. But there were definitely things that I guess you could say it wasn't really cool to tell a, a boy because, you know, as a man, what if I grew up as a type of person that was just kind of like, cold-hearted towards everything because even with that like I still want that kind of thing like in the back of my mind I always feel like I want to know what that's like to be a family I don't want to think back of, of myself looking at another family and wanting that I don't want to bring kids into this world and, and have them walking around feeling as if like I want that too imagine if I didn't have that mindset and then I just told my kids like well get over it you know like that sort of thing like what if what if whatever she taught me in, in regards to certain things like how to handle just basic emotions as a human teaching me to suppress them in order to be considered a man i couldn't imagine doing that to um your future children to my to my children yeah but there was definitely some issues with that that i had to struggle with for sure based on that you see that was your grandmother who's a female Mm -hmm. installing those traits in you like be toughen up be more of a man stop crying that's not you i was raised mostly with my dad and one thing my dad we, I have two younger brothers, and one thing that stuck with me for a long time, when I was like, maybe like 15, I was washing dishes. Mm-hmm. At that time, my little brother was probably like nine or eight. I'm, I don't really know the age right, but I'm like doing an estimate. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hey, wash the dishes for me. So he gets up and he washes the dishes. And my dad walks inside the house. He flips out. He's like, what are you doing there? Get down from there. What do you have sisters for? Mm-hmm. What are you doing washing dishes? Mm-hmm. You have sisters. Things like that. Hey, one thing my dad, he raised my little brothers to not have it, to know how to do anything. And now my brother is 24 years old and he doesn't know how to do anything. Damn. Because he was raised that your sisters is going to do it for you. And clearly he's a 24 year old man. He's not married. Mm. If he goes off in the world on his own, he lives at home still right now. But like if he was to move out, he wouldn't know what to do. Yeah. Because my dad raised him to not know how to do anything because he's a man. And Mm -hmm. women, there's certain jobs that women are supposed to do and men are not. And then with me, he's like, okay, you can't sit like that. You're a woman. You shouldn't wear stuff like this. People's going to look at you like you're a hoe. Mm-hmm. You can't um, do this and this and that. And I used to be like, 
Like, who cares? Nobody cares. Like, but to him, that's what a lady was supposed to be. Yeah. And I had to learn that through my dad. And then you saying your grandmother told you you need to man up. And she's not a man, but she's telling her grandson to man up. Because mm-hmm. we we still have those gender roles installing us from generations back. Yeah. Still, we still have expectations what a man's supposed to be or what, what a woman's supposed to be. And that's, like, one thing you realize <laughs> as you get older, even though they still would install those type of expectations just based on your gender but i always felt personally like because i'm the kind of guy like i don't i don't really care to cook for women it really doesn't bother me if you come to my house i'm feeding you that's just what it is like that's one of the things that my grandmother taught me as well was like hospitality so i just always feel like if someone comes into your home that's the least you could do you know but i don't know i that just never really bothered me to, to be able to do something like that and I've heard throughout my life, it's like, nah, man, you need to have you a woman to cook for you and you need to have you a woman do this and this and that and things of that nature. But like I said, thank God for my grandmother teaching me those things that society expects women to provide for me. So I don't really have to, you know, rely on that in another person. And that's not to say that if whoever I'm with, like I'm going to kick her out the kitchen if she's cooking or something like that, or or I'm going to tell her to, you know, don't clean up the house or whatever. Like if that's what you want to do, then by all means do so. But I'm not going to be the one to be like, look, this is what you're supposed to do. This is how it's supposed to go. And, And I think it's just so weird how that's something that's just stuck. Like women belong in the kitchen. I don't really, I don't really think so. I don't really agree with that. Um, or women belong doing the household chores and stuff like i don't really believe that stuff because it's like if my woman came home from work or she had a long whatever she had a long day i'm supposed to have her to you know take care of the kids and then you know all these other things and you got to clean up the house and so on and so on it's like yo that's not that's not really fair like as a human like where's your compassion for somebody that sort of thing true but there are some men who expect that from the women and there are also women who expect a man to pay for everything Mm mm-hmm I'm not going to open my pocketbook to pay for nothing. You're going to pay for everything. And even with music, like the city girls are home, you get a nigga with money, get this nigga to pay your bills, buy your Birkin, buy you all this mm-hmm, stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's what people are growing up in society hearing that. But when I was growing up, it was the music was different. It was oh, totally all different. the women independent. Mm-hmm. It was like, you have to get your own. And now yes. people are saying that now it's the whole opposite. You got to go find a dude with money so mm-hmm. he can take care of you. Mm-hmm. You got to make sure you look good and you, so you can get a man with money. And now yeah. it's like for the men, it's like, you want a bad bitch, you got to get that money to support that mm-hmm. bad bitch. So now the narrative is completely different. I think Nikki pointed it out too. She was saying, she's like, it's not all about that. Like getting a dude to get a Birkin bag for you or whatever, or like busting it open for him. to get, some Something to that effect. But she was basically saying like, it's not always about having something like that. I mean, someone like that. She has a point because... You know, all those things are like materialistic things. Why should that be the standard of what a person can provide for you? Wouldn't you want somebody to provide emotional support for you or like somebody who can take care of you like in your time of need physically or whatever? Like just the little things, like anything that I'm failing to mention, like wouldn't you want someone that can provide that for you and not materialistic stuff that you're going to get rid of or you're going to forget about in like three to five years anyway? I don't know. One thing, they sell like a narrative to make money. But mm-hmm. in real life, it could be the complete opposite. But, like, they be promoting that narrative because that's popular right now. Mm-hmm. But in real life, they could be thinking a whole other thing. They're not really even about that life. They're just rapping about it because it's popular. And now that's, like, the narrative from, like, relationships right now. Every girl is looking for a guy who's going to take care of them. There's how many multimillionaires you're going to find. How many people yeah. you're going to find. Yeah. And then those guys know you with them for the money. 
So they're not going to really invest in you emotionally because they know you're, you're replaceable. There's mm-hmm. another girl right behind you ready to be with him just because he has what he has. Mm-hmm. Like, do you want somebody who's going to buy you enough stuff, but he's not going to respect you? He's not. He's gonna treat you like it's disposable. Mm-hmm. He's not gonna care about your well-being personally. Yep. He's just gonna take care of your well-being physically. Um, but the what temporary. About, he's just. Yeah. Gonna, he's just gonna provide for you temporarily, and then that's it. Like when it's when, when it's, over, it's done, it's over. it's over. Yeah, when it's over, it's over. Another thing I wanted to to mention too. I'll touch on this, and then we'll get more into that a little bit later. But like a lot of people are making music now. That's just like fuck a man or fuck his girl or behind their back sort of thing and i i never really liked that sort of stuff because it's just maybe maybe i'm i don't know maybe again maybe i'm too old-fashioned but like i don't know i just never really bought into that narrative because i i feel like there's one person for everybody but i will get to that later on um what i want to touch on like the previous generations that are still around but you know the generations before us they seem to pass on advice that it does more harm than it does good basically because i've heard this from quite a few people like someone will tell someone that's in a bad relationship like oh you know i went through this with your such and such so you should you know just suck it up and you you know you deal with it how you deal with it like that sort of thing that's repeating the cycle and i feel like you should always want to break that cycle and that generational i don't want to say curse but just that generational repetition like you would want to break that eventually because the older you get you start to realize the things that are going on more so around you so if you grow up realizing like my parents and my grandparents like there's something off with them like i always thought that they were one way but they're really another way and in a lot of situations like one parent puts up with more than the other but they just stay around because either they're settling or they're just comfortable with you know who they're with for whatever reason for whatever the situation may be you know and then you kind of convince yourself a little bit like maybe you know if they toughed it out and they did this for x amount of years i mean if i if i bit my tongue as well then i can have the same thing as them it just makes you think like you know that's not the sort of life i would want to live and i wouldn't want to limit my happiness to that sort of thing you know how do you feel about that well you know if you're like a newlywed or you're even in a relationship that you've been in a relationship for a long time you'll try to seek advice from your elders just because you feel like they went through it so they would know better than you but the thing is there's a lot of things about their relationship, especially with your parents, you would never know. Because mm-hmm. you don't know, you didn't know like their dating phase, you didn't know how it was before they had children, even while you was a kid. They kept things closed doors, and also you didn't really understand what really was happening. So there's a lot of things that happen behind the scenes that you don't know, but all you know, you see them, they, maybe they're together, maybe they're divorced, or one passed away or, or another. And so you seek that advice, and they tell you, like, let's say you had. A fight with your significant other, your husband, your husband about um, him being on social media. Say he's on social media too much, mm-hmm. and he's always liking these girls' pictures, and that you don't like that. So you go to your your cousin, but she's a little older. She's like, you know, me and my husband had the same problem, but I just like, you know what? It's social media. It doesn't matter. He's just doing his thing. I'm just gonna let him do his thing. And in your head, you like that really bothers you, but mm-hmm. she's telling you like it's not a big deal. Just leave it alone, even though it bothers you. Eventually, that's going to build up and that's going to lead to resentment. It's just not a part of what you accept in your partner and they should respect that. But like the fact that someone else is so accepting and letting their partner do that. I mean, granted, that's them, but it's just like that becomes an example of you're okay with that. I'm not okay with that. I don't want that in my relationship. However, it's worked out for you. If if that's a part of your relationship, that's fine. But I personally wouldn't want that in my relationship. And I've come to you for this advice because it bothers me. It bothers me for a reason. I know my self-worth, you know what I'm saying? And, And I know that that bothers me, that 
I bring this to this person's attention and you're not really taking into consideration the thing the way that I feel, but you're just like Oh, it's just nothing. It's just it's just pictures. But no, that opens the door to other things because it's like, you know, if, if you're willing to do that and, you know, you don't care that I'm seeing it, just imagine the things that you're willing to do that I don't know about behind my back, you know, like that sort of thing. So that's just not healthy advice to give somebody, you know. Right. Or it could be like they are very verbally abusive. Mm-hmm. They undermine you and they demean you in a manner that is very nasty when you get into fights and you go to your mother about it. And she's like, oh, yeah, me and your dad, he used to talk to me crazy before, but, you know, I just ignored him. I just got used to it. You know, it doesn't hurt that much after a while. You're just going to have to get used to that. That's just the way he is. So you just have to learn how to work around him. Nah. And then that's where that should become an example for you. Like, nah, like, I'm not tolerating that because I don't want to be that person that's built um, to settle for something like that just because... Other things may be okay, but this is on my list of things that I'm not going to tolerate, but I have to tolerate it just because all the other things in this relationship are going good. Mm-mm. If it don't fly, then it don't fly. Like, don't limit yourself to, um, you know, just to keep somebody around. If there are things that you just don't want to tolerate that you're not going to tolerate, then no. Nah. That advice should be taken with a grain of salt, in my opinion. And to me, like the older generations... Their whole thing was to stay together by any means necessary. I feel like most of the time they really cared about public persona, like mm-hmm. what other people's opinion is, like people in their neighborhood, their mm-hmm. other family members, other people that's their coworkers, people in their life to show that they are a family unit, they're up front, mm-hmm. and that they're going to stick together, even though there's a lot of things behind the scenes that's horrible and they maybe should separate or maybe go through some type of therapy or really work on those things with the whole purpose is to stick together and keep that person around. Right. So I feel like they try to give advice to tell that person to just do whatever it takes just to make sure you stay together. Even though you're not happy in this situation, just make it look like you're happy or just try to bite your tongue or just try to keep a, a front just so you won't lose your man. Or they might tell you like, oh, you don't do this or you don't do that, you're going to lose your man to another woman. Um, How is it for like the male perspective? Like how do the, you feel like uncles... Or like fathers or brothers or male cousins tell their brothers, nephews, all that stuff about, you know, relationships and stuff like that. Um, I would say, especially amongst like the black community, I would definitely say it's encouraged to like, you can have this woman, but, you know, have something on the side just in case, you know, like that sort of thing. And I don't really agree with that because there's dozens of people on this planet, but I feel like. If you call yourself taking somebody serious, one person should be enough for you. If you're not in the phase of, like, I'm weighing my options, and you're in the phase of, like, okay, this is the person, like, I kind of know you a bit more, and I kind of like where this is going. Like, I want to build something with you. Like, if you're in that stage where you're actually trying to build a foundation with somebody, I really don't think that having somebody on the side just in case things don't work is the way to go. You touched on this before, before we even started recording, but not everybody wants to be that person. Like, not everybody you know, wants to be a player or nobody wants to be like out and about. Um, And it's another thing that's not really touched on with men. A lot of men just kind of really want to be loved. You know, like a lot of men just really want to be loved. What about you? Have you ever heard from other women like you should have this kind of guy? You should have multiple guys. You should be doing this. You should be doing that. Like that sort of thing. Like, have you dealt with that? Yes, I have. Like women talk about certain things. They're like, okay, you know, you have your first little boyfriend 
yeah, you could date him, whatever. That's not going to last. You're going to go to college or whatever. You're going to have your little whole phase. And then after college, you're going to meet a guy. And you're going to get married to that guy. And that's not how everything plans out. Not every girl has a whole phase. Yeah. And In not, general, not everybody lot, wants that. Yeah. yeah. And there's a lot of girls I know that never had a boyfriend. And I feel like most people are dated illiterate. They really don't know how to date. Because mm-hmm. we never really taught how to date. We learn more through experience. With dating. Or from what we see on like on movies TV. and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, TV, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And TV and movies is not real life. TV and movies is meant to entertain us. Exactly. Life is not a movie. Life <laughs> will t- tell you what life is. Yeah. And I feel like, especially like with girls, we have this fairy tale. Like, oh, my Prince Charming. My Prince Charming is going to come save me. Mm-hmm. And and then they give you a timeline on like when this prince is going to come. Like, you don't know your prince is going to come before 25. You don't know that. You may never meet your prince. And that's okay. Or, like, if, let's say, you're dating a guy, he's, like, a player, he's cheating on you a lot. He's like, yeah, he's just having a phase, but he's going to get over that. He's going to come back to you. Why should I have to wait for a guy to go through whatever he's going through? Why can't I just have the guy be good to me now? Why do I have to go through hardship and hurt with this guy and wait till he gets his life together versus having somebody who's good right now? Like, they, a lot of women will tell you that, Oh, yeah, they're just going to, you know, at first they're going to do their little thing. They're going to play their little games. They're going to do whatever, and then they're going to be good. Why is that acceptable? Why is that okay? That we have to accept those things as women that he's going to he's gonna fuck up and that you're just going to have to accept it and take him as yeah. he is. Yeah. And a lot of older women, a lot of people will tell you that, like, yeah, he's going to do this. He's going to do that. He's going to try to test you. He's going to do all this stuff. By the end of the day, he's going to come home to you. Why do I have to be at the end of the day? Why can't it be beginning of the day? Why does he even have to be like that at all? You know, right. like, again, I feel like one person should be enough for somebody. But I also get her people, her people. So, you know, you're in a toxic situation. You want to get out by all means. I just don't agree with, you know, sitting there and waiting for things to get better if things are not getting better. It takes one bad situation for it to get worse. You know, like cause some people think like, yo, I got away with this. Like, oh, imagine what else I could get away with. Like, you always want to... Not, I wouldn't say keep your guard up, but you always want to be aware of what you're okay with and what you're not okay with. And I get it. It's not easy for, for everybody to move on from someone, but you really don't want to stick around and wait to see. Not that you're necessarily waiting to see, but you don't want to stick around and eventually that what if it gets worse actually becomes a thing. You know what I'm saying? Like You, you don't want to experience that. And that's why I feel like some of these men become so jaded and generalize women because they've given their all to like relationships and it doesn't work out or it just turned out to be the worst relationship that they were that they were ever involved in and um you just you end up generalizing because you 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 become a hurt person and you want to uh protect yourself at all costs i mean i've I've had my heart broken before too but i don't really that doesn't mean that i'm gonna look at every woman in in the way of like oh you're all bad you're all terrible you're all this you're all that kind of thing but the guys that I know that are like that, I totally understand where they're coming from. Now I expect that. I feel like it shouldn't be okay for those things to continue. Mm-hmm. Or like just waiting around and just like to see if something worse is going to happen. Because people do thrive on like, oh, she let me get away with this. Or he let me get away with that. I'm going to see if I can get away with this. Mm-hmm. And if you don't instill those like values in yourself, like I know my worth. I know what. I deserve and how I should be treated. I'm not going to accept that. I'm right. not saying that everything has to be a fight. 
Because you don't need to nitpick everything. Okay, he left his sock on the floor. You know what? You don't got to. He ain't yeah. got to finesse You ain't got to fight with him over that. Yeah. But things that's, like, really serious and things that's really could, can make or break your relationship, you should be able to voice that. And he or she should be able to respect that this is not cool and try to make a change. And not willing to make a change, maybe you need to change boyfriends or girlfriends or yeah. non-binary relationships. We don't know what. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> so... I touched on this a little bit before, but there's people that encourage cheating. If they see that your relationship, things are just going bad. Like people will really encourage you like, yo, like, please, they're not treating you the way you should be treated. Cheat on them and blah, 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 or whatever the case may be. I don't know. The way I feel about it is if you don't want to be with somebody, don't be with them. Sit down, have a talk with them. Like, yo, we have these problems going on and, you know, I've been trying to work it out with you and things like that. And things just aren't getting any better. I think we should, you know, we should go our separate ways, that sort of thing. Especially if you've had that sort of conversation multiple times and the person just doesn't change, then that's when it gets to, like, you know, I think we should go separate ways, that more so. But to be there, like, I'm going to cheat. Like, I'm going to cheat. I'm going to cheat. Oh, well, I don't care. They won't find out or whatever it is. I just feel like it's so unnecessary to do that. If you don't want to be with somebody, just don't be with someone. That's just it. I don't see the point in cheating. Even with my any of my friends that are in relationships or have been in relationships, I always tell them, no, we're not doing none of that. We're not doing none of that. If you don't want to be with this person, then just take the time to make that decision for yourself. But if you are in a stage where like things are unsure right now, I'm not going to tell you like, yo, go sleep with this person, go sleep with that person. I'm not going to tell you things like that. I'm going to encourage you to take the time to figure out what you really want before you go and make a mistake, you know, like that sort of thing. But I don't know. How do you, how do you feel about that? I feel like for the most part, usually when I feel like when men cheat, it's not because they unhappy is just because they can or there's so much access to other women that mm-hmm. they cheat but they really have no intentions of leaving their wives or their girlfriends some of them are serial cheaters they will cheat on you up and down but they won't leave you and if you try to leave they will beg you to come back oh baby i'm sorry oh this try to buy you something trying to make you forgive them and for the most part most women take them back because we also groom to take back cheaters. Oh, he's a man. You know, men, that's what they do. They don't know how to stick with one girl. They need to taste something else. Or, like, you know, doesn't mean he doesn't love you. He just wanted something physical. It's just something physical. And that's what a lot of people will tell you. And they end up taking back their man. But why would you want, like, I don't understand that, like, I need a temporary moment with somebody else. And then I'm going to come back to you. Like, I, I really don't get that. That just doesn't make sense to me. It just doesn't. Because, like I said, I always feel like. One person should be enough for somebody. I mean, I, I, I get it. You might get tired of somebody. Or somebody might piss you off. Like, yeah, but again, if you don't want to be with that person, then just make it clear you don't want to be with them. Maybe it's just a thrill thing. I think that's why people do it because women do that too. And I've, I've definitely had that done to me before where it was just, I could tell that it was just one of those things that it was done just because she knew that she could get away with it, like that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people do it because like they know they can get away with it or they know that they have somebody to come back to after they get what they wanted out of whatever the situation was that's why i say like you just you don't want to be with somebody just don't be with somebody don't drag somebody along but you're out here trying to see what else is out here because you think you're missing something if that's really what you want to do then be single then and do what you want to do i don't know i I just don't agree with that but (laughs) again women do it too women definitely women definitely do it too but i've always heard that women yeah and that's not spoken on enough. Women do it. But one thing I could say, most of the time when a woman cheats. It's an emotional thing. It's because she's not getting what she wants at home. Most of the time, usually, it's not like it came out of nowhere. It's usually 
she's with a guy and she talks to him and tells him, I need you to do things like this for me. I like this. I enjoy this. And they ignore her or they're just like, oh, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then let's say she, she goes to this um, store that she happens to see this one guy all the time or this guy at her workplace who does those little things that her significant other is not doing for her. And usually it's not like, boom, instantly. It's like, it builds. It could be over months. It could be over years. And then once she loses her her willpower not to cheat, she gives in and has sex with the guy. Because now this guy is doing all these things that she's been telling her since the other to do for her. And he's not doing it. He's not paying attention to her. He's ignoring her. Like, you know, sometimes when you're with somebody for a while, you go through like a dry phase. Like, he's mm-hmm. not taking you out. Um, He's not like telling you beautiful. Every girl has a different love language. Yeah. You know, like... He's not doing those things that you know you enjoy and, you, and that makes you feel better in a relationship and makes you feel wanted. And but a lot of people, they just don't know how to handle anything. So they just go straight for like, you know what? I'm going to do this and that's it. Like to kind of teach a lesson in some sort of way. Like, like I could get another one. Don't yeah, like don't, yeah, don't think you're the only one. Like that sort of yeah. thing. And again, it just goes back to it. It's like, what do you get out of that? Like at the end of the day, I don't know. I'm just, I just don't condone that shit. Like I, it's I just not. I don't cheating. But I, I don't either. Women and men cheat for different reasons. There mm-hmm. are women who are out there who just like, I'm just going to get some. But most of the time it's emotional. Mm-hmm. And most of the time men don't forgive those type of cheating. A man will leave a woman. If she cheats, has sex with this one guy one time, he cannot forgive that. He, a lot of times those men will not go back. And nobody will encourage that man to go back. But Absolutely. with women, they will encourage the women to go back. Because mm-hmm. they feel like that's what... A man does. It's not meant to only be with one woman, but a yeah. woman's only meant to be with one man. And that's what the whole like debate is usually like why they like, Oh yeah, just take your man. Don't let no don't let no other girl take your man. Just stick by him. He cheat on you, but like it's okay. Like that's what men do. Men are sexual. And but for women we're not considered sexual like the way men are. So it's like if you cheat, it's like you gave something that's supposed to be mine to somebody else. How dare you? I can't never look at you again. I hate you. Boom, he's jaded for life, and now he's breaking all these good women's hearts because you mm-hmm. broke his heart because you had sex with somebody else on him. Yeah. <laughs> so that's yeah. it's a cycle. Yeah, it's a, it's a cycle, and that it got to be broken, and that's when that's when I think it, it becomes, you just got to know what your worth is and what you won't tolerate because if you start tolerating one thing, then it can lead to something much worse, right. you know? But yeah, <laughs> that's that. All right, so now's a part of a show where we get into a segment called Workplace Aggravations. Now, Tita, you said you had something you wanted to share. Well, I'm a hairstylist, but I work predominantly with white people. Most of my clients are white, and I'm a colorist, so I only do, like, hair coloring. So I work in a salon where I am the only black person there. I get a lot of, hey, girl, hey, snap fingers, Mm -hmm. like, you know, a little sassy, like, talking. They expect me to be... You know, sassy, mm-hmm, girl. Yeah. Or they expect me to be the best dancer, who knows about, like, urban life, knows about everything. Just stereotyping black. you, yeah, basically. stereotyping me. And yeah. There's a lot of things. And also, I try not to conduct myself in, like, certain manners because I know I'm going to be judged. Even though my normal way of speaking, I'm from the Bronx. I'm going to say dead ass. I'm going to say fuck <laughs> out of here. I'm going to say all that stuff naturally. But when I'm stepping to those doors, I turn that all the way off. Right. Because I know... If I was to speak in that way, as a way I spoke to somebody from where I'm from, mm-hmm. or speaking to another black person or another Hispanic person who will understand me, I'm going to be deemed uneducated. I'm going to be deemed as ghetto just because my color of my skin. Just because I speak like that doesn't mean I'm uneducated. Exactly. So I remember there's a lot of times they would come, to, come up to me and say, oh, Tita, do you know how to twerk? I'm like, no. <laughs> Why are you asking me that? 
Yeah. Or like, oh, what's that dance that everybody's doing? You know how to do that dance? Am I a dancer? Excuse me? Am I a dancer? I'm here to do a job just like you're here to do a job. Why no, are I, you, I can't stand people, but God. Why are you like asking me those things? Are you asking um, Billy those things? No. Mm-hmm. You're not asking um, Lisa or Hannah those or things. Or Sarah. Or Sarah. You're asking or me. Michelle. You're asking me, the black girl, yeah. about um, those type of things. Or like, oh, I bet you listen to a whole bunch of hip hop. I could be listening to Linkin Park. I could be listening to Nirvana. Wow. I could be listening to Panic at the Disco. Mm-hmm. I know all those music. Just because I'm black, you think I'm only listening to Big Mill? Mm-hmm. Which I do. I ain't going to hold you. <laughs> but I'm just saying. I feel like a lot of times I have to like bite my tongue mm-hmm. about certain things. Or like they will say very politically incorrect things about black people. Or they're very ignorant. I feel like one thing about a lot of white people, they live in a white bubble. Oh, yeah. They're for very... Sure. For sure. And they don't, they like, we don't see color. What do you mean you don't see color? Right. Like, the way that comes off is that sounds as if, like, you're basically saying you're oblivious to what's going on. And it's like, nah, you have to see color because you have to see that there's struggles that people of color are going through that you would never, right. in any lifetime, ever know what that feels like. Right. And I feel like all the time, I'm like, I'm not the black representation. Stop coming to me like I'm just because of my skin color and the way my hair um, curls up doesn't mean I represent all black people Mm -hmm. or I know everything about blackness in general. Of course, I try to educate myself on blackness and black society because that's that's me. I can't change where I'm from, but don't expect that out of me. I'm here. This is a workplace. This is a place of work. I'm here to do my job. Anything black, don't come running to Tita asking me these idiotic, stupid questions or coming to me expecting me to know certain things or expecting me to just be so urban I feel like that's already putting me in a box. Yeah. Clearly, I'm not doing weaves. I'm not doing hair braiding, which they expect most black people to do. Clearly, I'm willing to be outside of my bubble and go elsewhere. Because, mm-hmm. like, why would you come to me expecting me to know every hip-hop song? Coming to me after the whole, you know, George Floyd stuff. Oh, yeah, I, I'm behind Black Lives Matter. Thanks. Who said you have to come to me and tell me that? <laughs> what are you telling me for? <laughs> Get out of here. Like, okay. Thanks, but why yeah. are you coming to me and telling me that? Yeah, uh, and you the people that, that like, put BLM in their bios, and like, yo, that does, you know, that literally does nothing for anyone, you know? Right, and I just feel like, honestly, in my mind right now, I feel like I want to leave that field because I feel like I don't always want to be the only black girl mm-hmm. and having to be the representation for these people or make you feel like, yeah, I have, there's a black girl in my salon, I'm not racist. Like, yeah, stuff yeah, like that. yeah. Just because you know of someone, that doesn't mean that one. That doesn't mean that they fuck with you. Two. That doesn't mean that you get a free pass to say slick shit. I heard slick shit, and sometimes I just like I have to bite my tongue because I'm mm. like, this is not the time or the place. Or I have a client in front of me, and I really can't like. It's unprofessional. We're a professional setting. This is a workplace, mm-hmm. so they may be saying something else, or a client in their chair saying something else, and I'm overhearing it. Sometimes your blood could be boiling, and just like you gotta suck it up. Yeah. They want me to be Bronkisha. They want me to be Latasha. They want me yeah. to be Shaniqua. They, that's what they expect for me to be. They right. want me to be that ghetto black girl who's like waving her f- fingers in people's faces and mm-hmm. rah, rah, rah. And no, I'm not going to allow you to think that of me. I'm not going to give you that much energy or allow mm-hmm. you to think you're going to be able to get me to that level. No, I'm going to conduct myself like a human being. And that's one thing in my workplace I, f- I have to prove to them, like, just because I'm black and I'm from the ghetto doesn't mean I'm ghetto. Doesn't mean I don't know how to conduct myself 
and handle business and do certain things. Yes, I'm talking AAVA because I like it. It's, yeah. This is what, how I talk to my peers. I also went to school. I'm also educated. I know how to hold an intellectual conversation and say intellectual words. Yeah. You are not my peer. You are my coworker. Mm-hmm. So I will talk to you like you are my coworker. Mm-hmm. I will not talk to you like the way I will talk to my homegirl from the Bronx or my mm-hmm. homegirl from Brooklyn or my mm-hmm. homegirl from Harlem. I'm not going to do that because I'm not an idiot. But you want me to do that because you think it's funny. Yeah. You yeah. think it's entertaining. Like, oh, yeah, she got she got hood girl on me. She got ghetto. Ooh, I like that. Or like, oh, you think it's funny. Like, it's a joke. This is real life. And then one thing a lot of comedians, especially black comedians, make fun of a lot of black women showing how ghetto they are. And white people sitting there laughing at us, not with us. They laughing at us and they think right. it's funny. And I'm yeah. not nobody's clown. And that's one thing in my workplace. I have to, as soon as I walk into the door, I have to change it up. Take away Bronx Tita and put just regular standard New York Tita. Mm-hmm. Tita who doesn't come from anywhere. Tita who works in the city. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. So would you ever, um, if you had the means to do so, would you ever just pack up and start your own your own business? Honestly, working in a salon period made me not want to open a salon. Oh, wow. <laughs> a lot of people ask me, like, oh, you want to open your own spot? I'm like, no. Mm. To be honest, I'm more of a creative and when you open your own spot it's gonna be more business i'd rather just be behind the chair do hair i don't want to have to worry about taxes quarterly um yearly type of things worry about sanitation worry about licenses worry about i don't want to have to worry about that i just want to do hair i don't want to have to when you run a business especially what you like and the thing is I work in a white salon, so my clientele are white so they're not going to come up to the hood and get their hair done i have to open the salon in the city or downtown Brooklyn, somewhere where white people feel comfortable going to. Mm. And those places, a lot of Hispanic people, black people, certain places wouldn't care about where certain things are. Mm-hmm. But those people would, and they will report you. They are Karens. There are Karens that will go report you to state board about certain regulations. And then they come knocking your door, and you're going to get mm. fines and sanitations about your salon. So I'm like, nah. Yeah. I just want to be behind the chair. I don't want. I just want to worry you about. Just, you just want to literally work on your craft. Work and on my craft, and that's it. I don't yeah. want to be a business person dealing with that. Sometimes you got to know your strengths and your weaknesses. Mm. And I don't want to have to go home and worry about my salon. I just I want to leave the shop and not have to worry about nothing. <laughs> that's it. That's just me. Okay. Sounds good. Sounds good. Well, thank you so much for being a part of the show. Any uh, any shout outs you want to give or any. I want to shout out me. <laughs> nah, I'm just I'm. Or anything you want to plug, any you know. Well, I'm a hairstylist. I'm a colorist, and if I also do wigs and um like color wigs on the side. So my thing is color to the T, which I'm not very active on Instagram, but I promise you, I'm really good in person. So um also, if you want wigs and um stuff done, colors, I do highlights, I do crazy colors, I do bobs i'm really good at that stuff so i do that on the side outside of the salon work and my name is color to the t it's um color with a u and it's tuda all together and underscore t t-e-e and um i like to thank leon for having me this is my first podcast and i'm very happy because i'm very opinionated and i'm realized Yo, a that's lot of why things. I had to have you because like we like i said we we had a conversation before and then i think it was that one group when i was like Oh, no, 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 no. There ain't no way. There ain't no way I'm not having you on here. So, uh, I appreciate that. I love to hear yeah. that. Because when you hit me up about it, I was very shocked about it. I was like, oh, wow. Like, oh, yeah, I would love to do that. Like, why yeah. not? Because I always like, 
I listen to podcasts myself or listen to commentary on YouTube a lot. And, you know, it does influence my mindset. But also, you hear so many things, you really figure out what's, what's yours. And, like, I have an mm-hmm. opinion about a lot of things. A lot of things grew up in my childhood that I experienced or even my adulthood that I experienced. And I realized later on, like, that was good or that was fucked up or that was not the way to go. Or, like, also, I grew up and learned more about myself and learned about being Tita. And one mm-hmm. thing to everybody, learn yourself. You have to learn what you like. And what you don't like. And be yourself 100%. Don't let your culture, your religion, anything influence you from being you. Always be you. Always be true to yourself. Because how somebody's going to love you if you don't even know who you really are? How are they going to know how to be around you, interact with yourself if you don't really know who you are, and what you, what's your stance and what's your values? So find that out and then go look for love and go travel, do things that you enjoy. Don't worry about society. Worry about you. Because at the end of the day, society's going to keep on moving. You got yourself. Damn. <laughs> All right. Wow. Any questions and concerns or different opinions, feel free to shoot an email to more to it podcast. That's M-O-R-E, the number two, I-T-P-O-D-C-A-S-T at gmail.com. Give the show a follow on Instagram and give the show a rating. We're going to get out of here because we got life to live. Facts. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. See ya.